Osiris. The following program is brought to you by Osiris Media. This is your host, Neil the Night Holler. And direct from New Orleans, it's time for Trick Bag, your ultimate destination for the heppest tracks ever waxed. From Blue Monday to Saturday Night Fish Fry, from early in the morning till the midnight hour. For rhythm and blues and rock and roll, this is the place to feed your soul. So let's get ready for some sweet musical treats as we open up the Trick Bag. It's time for part two in a spotlight on Dan Penn, the great R&B songwriter who wrote hits for Aretha Franklin, Percy Sledge, Joe Simon, James Carr, Conway Twitty, and many others. On this episode, we'll hear the biggest hits from the Dan Penn songbook and some great behind-the-scenes stories from the man himself. First up, here's Dan with the story of writing a tune that was a number 10 R&B hit in 1967. You were talking about chips and a uh, dark end of the street, and I think there's a, there an interesting story about uh, how that came about, something to do with a card game. Oh, yeah, you know, everybody plays cards. <laughs> and we were playing a little bit of cards with Don Schroeder up in Nashville at the disc jockey convention. This would be 66 or 7, and we were playing cards, playing cards, playing cards. Finally, we took a break and went into the next little room, which was our room. And uh, we must have been in Don Schroeder's room because that next other room was our room because there was a guitar in it. And uh, we walked in there and there was a guitar and we sit down and, you know, the song just just came and, and we wrote the song. And then we, we didn't put it down of nothing. We just wrote it and we went back to Memphis. And uh, the next guy up to record was James Carr. And that's the way things were run around that studio. If, if somebody was coming through, if they were, if they were next, mm -hmm. if they were inside the production company, which they were, uh, he was, and uh, then they got the best song. Yeah. So he got the best song, and, uh, yeah. so and still, just, still the best record. Yeah. Is that your? Would you say that's your favorite? Mm, yeah. The, we we got to track it high, over at high. Uh -huh. And that studio at that time had a certain sound that you just don't get anymore. Yeah. And I've heard people cut it, and I've cut it, and everybody's cut it. Nobody gets that little peffy sound that James's record had on it. Yeah. Well, Nobody would notice that but me. But you know, uh, uh -huh. I'm a I'm just like everybody. I like what I like. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people liked that it. it was a pretty big hit for it. Became, kind of became his signature song. Pretty like big hit. He had hits before that. You know, you mm -hmm. got my mind messed up. And some other songs that were mm -hmm. pretty good. Drown, pouring water on a drowning yeah. man. Uh -huh. That wasn't a bad song. Yeah, that was a good one. So, so yeah, well, well, I've got uh, the dark end of the street over on the turntable. So uh, yeah, should we but give, give but it, it sound thing? good too? Yeah, here it is. Uh, James Carr with uh, Dark End of the Street. You know, Dan you Penn. know who that high woman singing on that? Don't you? Uh, no, the last I don't. verse. Who, who is that? That's me. Is it? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I I went out to do the uh, harmony vocal uh -huh. part. Chip said, "Go do the harmony if you will." So I did. I went out, and when he, when we got through, I said, "Hey, you got another track?" He said, "I think so." I said, "Put me on. I got an idea." Yeah. So when it got to that last verse, I turned into a black woman, <laughs> <Same> <laughs> and I did. Ah! 
I did that. It, it's a, it's amazing that I ever got there. Yeah. But I did. I got there, and and you know most people don't know that that's me singing the high part on the end yeah. of that. Is it right? just something that came to you? Yeah, yeah, you know I'm I'm overdubbing harmony anyway, and I just thought, boy, this would sound good if we had a, a gal doing a high part. So I just did the gal part. Yeah, you just know. do it yourself. Yeah. Just do it myself. I didn't have any girls sitting around to do it. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. So uh, that's the way the record business is. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you have to do this and do that that you're really not qualified for, but somehow you make it reach. All right, well, here it is, uh, James right. Carr with Dark End of the Street with a special guest appearance of uh, Dan Penn right at the end singing the high note. <laughs> at the dark end of the street That's where we always Hiding in shadows where we don't belong Living in darkness to hide our wrong You and me At the dark end of the street You and me I know time gonna take his toll We have to pay for the love we stole It's a sin and we know it's wrong Oh, but love keeps coming on strong Still away to the dark end a beautiful ballad written by dan penn special guest tonight dark end of the street big hit for james carr back in uh, 67 written uh, kind of on the spot in a way during a card game and breaks like, during like break. so many of them are on the spot and I'll, uh, several people cut that too uh, percy sledge uh, did a nice version of it and yeah aretha cut it mm-hmm. uh, linda runstad i think mm-hmm. uh the uh Burrito brothers yeah, big variety, of different artists. A lot, a lot of different kind of people. Uh-huh. I even remember. I even remember what's the guy up there, and uh, we went to his show and did his show up there. And uh, Garrison Keeler. Garrison Keeler cut it. 
Yeah. At the dark end of the street. <laughs> I remember he cut it. Yeah. It's like been cut a whole lot. A lot yeah. of people cut that song. I guess more than any of them. Yeah. Well, there was a, uh, a CD, a couple of CDs that came out a few years ago of, uh, I think, some of the original versions of some of these songs that you had recorded at, at Fame Studios at, uh, as demos. Yeah, yeah, the Ace Records. Yeah. Mm-hmm, there's uh-huh. two of those. Uh-huh. Yeah, they they did really well. Yeah, uh, before those came out, I wasn't aware that you had recorded so many of those. As, and I say they're demos, but they're really uh, well, they're like demos. Full that's band, what, that's you know. what they were. They were demos. Yeah. That's what people would go upstairs. People would come there to record. You know, a lot of black artists would go upstairs. James and Bobby Purify went upstairs and found the puppet. It was called the puppet, and they changed it to "I'm Your Puppet," and kind of rubbed me wrong. Really, I was an engineer. And I didn't like it at all because I was young and, you know, I had my, somebody was messing with my song. But, you know, when I first got the first check, I loved it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got used to the idea. And I still love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's funny how a little bit of check can turn you around. I mean, I realized that they were right. Uh-huh. I was wrong. So was there any particular, uh, anything in particular that gave you the idea for that song? Well, yes, uh, I, I had just bought a little Stella 12-string, and Funner and I were getting together on one of our, another night to write, and we're at fame, and I, I just got my little Stella 12-string. It sounded so good, and I just started going, ding, 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 and Spooner kind of slid in with some chords on the, on the wireless, or plum, 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 pull a string it's it's simple it came right out you know and the song almost wrote itself but it was the 12 string so that was one another one of the songs that was released on one of those ace cds the original uh, demo of uh, yeah of that was the original yeah. demo yeah, yeah. the puppet yeah. well they they were wrong you know they, they were right yeah. i mean i was wrong <laughs> and, and i think uh didn't your version come out on mgm uh, yeah uh we went to uh, nashville me and rick went to nashville and put some strings on that thing and put it out and it didn't sell one copy. I don't think it ever played yeah. on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I'm getting ready to play it now. Oh, so here we go. Maybe this will be a Get my here. first play. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to play the original uh, Dan Penn version, and then we're going to, I guess we'll play the James and Bobby version after that one. That's right, so, woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the puppet I'll do funny things If you want me to I'm the puppet I'm yours to have and hold Darling, you've got full control Of the puppet Pull another string I'll kiss your lips I'm the puppet I'll snap your fingers And I'll turn you some flips I'm the puppet Your every wish Is my command All you gotta do Is wiggle your little hand Cause I'm the puppet I'm the puppet 
I am just a toy Just a funny boy That makes you laugh when you are blue I'll be warm or cold Do just what I'm told I'll do anything for you Cause I'm your puppet Just pull them little strings And I'll sing you a song I'm the puppet Make me do right Or you can make me do wrong I'm the puppet Treat me good And I'll do anything Cause I'm just a puppet And you'll hold my string I'm your puppet I'm a walking Living, loving puppet Hanging on a string I'll do anything I'll hold you And kiss you And love you uh, Pick me up Put me down Stand me up Sit me down I'm your puppet oh, yes,
There's James and Bobby Purify with I'm Your Puppet, a number five R&B hit in late 66. We're listening to an interview with the great Dan Penn, who I had the chance to chat with live in the studio from our radio show in New Orleans back in April of 2019. It's Trick Bag with your host, Neil the Nighthaller. Up next, we'll hear another classic R&B track from the Dan Penn songbook, a tune co-written with Chip's Moment. And then we'll hear Dan tell the backstory on the recording. Here's Aretha Franklin with Do Right Woman, Do Right Man. Take me to heart And I'll always love you And nobody Can make me do wrong Take me for granted Understand, she's not just a plaything, she's flesh and blood, just like a man. If you wanna do Special guest Dan Penn in the studio. Do Right Woman, Do Right Man, we just heard by Aretha, one of her uh, biggest hits. And uh, there's a little story about that one. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was really amazed at uh, how that all came about. Uh, you know, uh, they had the big fight there at the studio, and Jerry Wexler pulled her out to take her back to New York. And d- just as he was doing that, they were running down Do Right Woman uh, track. But she wouldn't sing it because she wasn't ready to commit to it. And so I had to sing it. As I always did have to sing, this pilot track seemed like a lot of songs. And um, so when they left, uh, I got the word that it was all off. And I said to myself, boy, you ain't making no money today. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just figured all they had was a little drum lick and Spooner holding a little chord on the organ. It was kind of pitiful, you know, maybe the bass a little bit. And... Um, I thought no more about it. I just thought, well, that's just a fluke. Something happened. So anyway, they called them to come to New York to call uh, Chips and Roger and all the guys that played on the Muscle Shoals record. Uh, they played on I Never Loved a Man. Uh, so they called them to come to New York. And this, and I said, well, I'm going. So as we got coming out of the elevator, Mr. Jerry Wexler said, Dan, you and Chips come with me. And he took us to the control room, took us to the control room, and he played what we just heard. Mm-hmm. Man, you're talking about knocking a man that, you know, yeah. knocking me up. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, song that you were expecting that wasn't going to go anywhere. And that was impossible uh-huh. to get to where they were from where they was in muscle shows. That's uh-huh. what I thought. I looked over there and I saw a big old tube 8-track, and I said, you can do anything with an 8-track. And you still can, mm-hmm. you know play cards right Uh so I was really amazed how well that record came out and like I said I think that's the best singing she ever done Mm -hmm. it was down where we all could understand it you know Mm -hmm. and most of her stuff is way up yonder you know and Uh she can do it but I always like Do Right Woman, not just because of my song. I just like the way she sang it. Yeah, so you were fortunate to get her, uh, to hear her sing like that on something. I was, road, I, I was fortunate to be part of it. And she know. was fortunate to have the song. She was. That. So it worked out for both of you. That's right. Some more from the pen of Dan Penn coming up now. We'll hear two versions of a great tune that's been recorded by several artists over the years. And we'll also hear Dan share the inside scoop on the tracks. Yeah, I've got a, another uh, great artist that you wrote some songs for, Barbara Lynn. She's still going strong, still performing. Yeah, she, she's yeah. still down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great uh, guitar player and vocalist, Barbara mm-hmm. Lynn. I got to saw her. To, I got to see her to Stomp one year. She was she was on a little before me, and I, I got to look down and watch her playing some of her songs. She's tough. Yeah. yeah did she do? Uh, you left the water running. I'm sure she did. Ah, uh, did she do that? To, I didn't hear her no. do that. Which I know she does it sometimes, you know, occasionally. Yeah, she so. does it good too, yeah. doesn't she? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You left the water running when you left me here behind. You left the water running, running from these eyes of mine. You turned out. Away down low 
songbook of Dan Penn and uh, a lot of people cut that one too huh? yeah a lot of people uh, Otis Redden did the demo for us and his was a good bit different from hers but it's the true true groove of the song but Barbara did it alright there so that's a different way to look at it uh-huh. you know yeah and I think uh, Otis's demo ended up surfacing at some point Otis's demo uh, did end up uh, I think it may be on the Atlantic set Mm-hmm. It's a great demo. After he died, Rick put a, put the band around him, and that's what you get. Two, one, two, ready, play. Turn 
This is your host, Neil the Night Holler, and it's a showcase of the prolific R&B songwriter, Dan Penn, on this installment of Trick Bag. We just heard You Left the Water Running by Otis Redding and also by Barbara Lynn. Sam and Dave, Gino Washington, and Wilson Pickett are a few of the other artists who recorded versions of that one. And now we'll get back to more from my chat with Dan Penn from April of 2019. There's several Atlantic artists who uh, recorded your tunes, Wilson Pickett and, of course, uh, Percy Sledge, I guess, was the uh, had the biggest hits maybe with uh, I, things yeah, that you wrote. Percy had a lot of a lot of my songs, and they did well. And Atlantic Records, I, I knew Jerry Wexler and all those people pretty good, and they always treated me real nice and put my records out and had a good time with them. Yeah. You, uh, did you work mainly with Jerry or with uh, Amit also? Well, I see them all. I didn't work with it. I worked a little with Jerry. But Amit, I saw him, you know. He was kind of like the shadow guy. Uh-huh. But I knew him and I knew Reef Martin and Tom Dowd and some of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's where it all started for, for most of us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, they were cutting those records in the hallways of Atlantic you know, they were using Echo out of the bathroom. Uh-huh. Just using whatever they could. Huh? Yeah. Any little yeah. tricks they could come up with. Huh? Yeah. They didn't have all these units sitting around back yeah. then. And got a really uh, great sound out of that. Yeah. They, yeah. they had got that soul sound, you uh-huh. know. You and I were talking about Percy, and I cut several of your tunes, and you said your favorite one is? Out of Left Field. Uh-huh. It's uh, just one of those songs that kind of fail. We worked hard to get it, but. Yeah. It finally failed. And that's what I, you know, a lot of times they just, they'll hold back and hold back and hold back. Finally, you just keep pushing it and it'll just fall mm-hmm. right onto the paper, yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why, you don't know how it got there, except you're just blessed, you know, uh-huh. to have it. Yeah. Do uh, most of your songs, do you write them in one sitting or do the ideas come, it's, I guess it depends on the song? Usually in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, now, I've been writing some by myself. Uh, with the piano, and I don't even play piano, but I, I've wrote two good songs this last couple of years by myself. And you know, I got a, I got me a little studio in my basement, so I would go back to bed, and then I would get another part of it, mm-hmm. and I'd go down and I'd write that down and f- figure that out. Before you know it, one night I had the whole thing, and so when I woke her up, I said, "Come here and listen to my song." And she said, That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, but one setting usually gets it, but I'm I'm I might change something way up on the line, you know. I mean, uh, like I added a verse to uh, "Woman Left Lonely" uh, just a few years back. Oh, really? Yeah, to the last verse. A woman left lonely. It never did resolve itself. It was just left in a place I didn't like, and so I just. I came up with another verse I liked okay and it sounds better to me yeah I guess that's the longest span of time between uh, verses of any of the songs that you yeah that, that that one went for years and I just and Charlie Rich cut it and his didn't resolve either they were just kind of left out there in the desert you know uh-huh. like yeah. what happened so I kind of like things to conclude you know I like a story well told 
So, yeah, well, you took a, a little while, but you uh, finished it off. Uh, yeah, I yeah. finished it off, and nobody knows, nobody cares, but I know. Yeah. I care. Uh, <laughs> and has it been recorded, the full version? No, it hasn't been recorded. Okay. Is that something you think you might record at some point? Well, I hadn't thought much about it, but somebody should. I, I don't really particularly want to do it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would. Oh, who would, I wish yeah. they would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm all for everybody cutting my songs. Uh-huh. So, well, why will we, uh, I have the Percy Sledge queued up out of left field. This is uh, oh, yeah, the man who wrote it. This that's is his, worth uh, listening to. Yeah, he wrote uh, several tunes that Percy recorded, and this is his favorite, so let's give it a spin. Percy Sledge with Out of Left Field. When least expected Fate stumbles in Bring light to the darkness Oh, what a friend I needed someone To call my
last one was Feed the Flame, written by Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham. It was originally released by Ted Taylor in 1967 on Atlantic. Percy Sledge also recorded that one, but the one we just heard was a 1968 version by Van Broussard from Prairieville, Louisiana. We've got another South Louisiana artist up next with something from one of the more novelty chapters of Dan Penn's songbook. My Far Away Cow, and on the record, for uh, whatever reason, he was credited as Abel, A-B-E-L, Warren Storm, and it was written by Mr. Dan Penn, My Far good. Away Cow. So uh, what was the inspiration for that one? Well, let's see. Uh, I believe we were just in a silly mood. Yeah. Seems like. There was no inspiration, just, uh, uh, well, you never know. Yeah, just in the mood to write a maybe, novelty to maybe too many cheeseburgers you know there's quite a stir down home since my cow's been gone I knew she wasn't content but all the awful way that she went She tried to jump over the moon My far away cow 
to me now She was having a ball That night down there in the storm But she got mad when I took Away her fairy tale book And you know she wouldn't even eat her feed When I told her cows ain't supposed to read Oh, my poor away cow Wonder who's feeding her now I watched TV last night And there she came into sight She must have been on the beam That came on my TV screen And oh, what a terrible look on her face When oh, I, she was looking out there in space I fall away, cow Ain't no good to me now I guess you think it's a lie About my cow in the sky If you notice ever since that day There's been an extra large Milky Way And if you still don't believe the truth Come check this hole down here in my barn roof Oh, my boy, wake up Wonder where she is now Oh, my faraway cow I wonder where she is now Lord, my faraway cow I just wonder where she is now Lord, have mercy Oh, my faraway cow I just wonder who's feeding her There's singer and drummer Warren Storm with My Far Away Cow, with Warren masquerading under the alias Abel. It's time for another story of one of the all-time Dan Penn classics, as told by the man himself. Do you mind uh, telling that story uh, that you just told off mic about the Sweet Inspirations? Well, we came through the studio there at uh, American, me and Spooner, in the mid-afternoon, and... uh, they were cutting a song on these girls, uh, uh, later to be called the Sweet Inspirations, and uh, so we heard this song they were cutting wasn't too good, and uh, I looked at Spooner and I said, "Hey man, you want to write them a song?" And he said, "Yeah." So we went upstairs and uh, to the writing room, and there was nothing up there but a little old guitar and a little old cassette recorder. Well, we wrote the song and brought it back down and presented it to the band and to the producers. And um, the um, everybody loved it. The girls loved it. They just quit that song they were recording. They just started working up Sweet Inspiration. And uh, Reggie Young, who was a great guitar player, and he just handed the guitar back to Spinner. He, says, he heard that on that little cassette. He said, Spinner, I can't play it no better than that. You play it. Mm-hmm. So Spooner started playing it. About that time, the guys from New York decided to go have lunch. They took a lunch break. 
and I'm sitting in the control room of American, and uh, they started running it. So it's just the band, the girls, and me. I'm in the control room by myself. And uh, so I'm listening to him, and Spooner's playing his heart out. But I knew he wasn't going to last long. He was a great, great piano player, but not necessarily a guitar player. But uh, so uh, I'm sitting there with a situation where it's getting to sound better and better and better. And I, I said, I said Spooner ain't going to last long. And I, I looked over at the machine, and I said, uh, I wonder where he's got that part. Could it be at the end of the take or the front? Or... And then, then it hit me. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's your song. I hit, reached over and hit record and play, and I said, we're rolling. Mm-hmm. And we cut it. And when the guys came back from lunch, I said, Mr. Tom, I, I cut your song. I cut, cut our song while you was gone. He looked at me real mean. And Arif Martin said, play it. Mm-hmm. And he, we did. We played it. And it was evident that was the cut. Yeah, that was the one they used on the 45. They took it to New York, put strings and horns, and, you know, and that was the 45. Yeah. So uh, you made a kind of a bold move, but it worked out. A bold move sometimes has to be made. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, they went on to back up Elvis, of course, a sweet inspiration. Oh, yeah, they were were a big group of Sissy Houston and all those girls. They were great singers. They were so proud to get Sweet Inspiration because before they got that, they had nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Just a kind of an also-ran song. It wasn't going to get them there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it all worked out for me and Spooner, and it was, uh, you know, another blessing.
So it's been a, it's been a great pleasure to have you in the studio tonight. I appreciate you uh, sharing your stories, and we got a, we really only scratched the surface of all of the songs you wrote, but uh, we played most of the big hits and threw in some uh, Louisiana artists. You we, covered it pretty good, Neil. I got to say, I appreciate it too. Thank you. Oh well, I, I appreciate your time, and anytime you're in New Orleans, I hope you'll uh, you'll drop in. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. I've had a good time. So I think we're going to close out with the song Denver, who was, uh, I guess, Ronnie Millsap had the hit with this. Or? Uh, Steve Alamo okay, Steve uh, cut Alamo. it first. Mm-hmm. I cut a little record on Steve, and then did Ronnie have a hit on it? Okay, I didn't know that. So. But uh, this next version is by uh, Clyde McFadder. And you said, oh, yeah, uh, I'm yeah, a big Clyde fan. Yeah, and you, I think you said you had never heard this never version. Never heard, never knew you did it. This is uh, long after his, uh, he hadn't had a hit in many years when he recorded this, and uh, it's a really great version of it. Claude McFadder doing a song written by Dan Penn, our special guest tonight. That's hot stuff, eh? If he's somebody that you uh, listen to a lot as a... Oh, yeah, I love Claude McFadder. He was everybody's hero down in the country. Uh He just had the voice. Yeah, and those great records with the uh, Dominoes and the Drifters and then on his own, you know. Oh, yeah, on his own was great. Uh, What's that song I loved? He had so good... He had one song I just love. Uh, was it a, a uh, ballad or ballad? Big ballad. Uh, without love. Without or, love. Yeah. Without love, I had nothing. Yeah, I love that. So well, here he is uh, on, yeah, doing one of your songs. Let's hear that. Claude McFadder with uh, Denver, written by Mr. Dan Penn. Denver. her crying down in Denver I left her all alone down there on the streets of Denver now she's on my mind but I can't get her on the telephone line the light is
We've got time for one last track before closing out. In part one of the Dan Penn Spotlight, Dan mentioned an album he was working on. And in 2020, the year after the interview, Dan's album Living on Mercy, complete with 13 originals, was released. So right now, we'll hear one of those tracks, I'll See You in My Dreams. I want to thank Dan once again for hanging out with me back in 2019. I really had a great time. This is your host, Neil the Nighthawler, and I hope you'll join me again for another installment of Trip Bag, direct from New Orleans. I saw you walking by I saw you kiss that guy It's kind of hard to see It's kind of hard to see Cause it once was me Oh, it once was me I'm trying hard To convince myself That things aren't what they seem If I can't have you now Then tonight somehow I'll see you in my dreams I passed the small cafe I saw you there today I thought of walking in It was our favorite place But I stopped myself Just in time I didn't want to make a scene I walked away But I hope and pray I'll see you I'll see you in my dreams Oh, the night's so long And the hurt's so strong, it seems And the morning light brings no delight When you're not here with me I see the sun come up I grab my coffee cup Another lonely day Since you walked away I'm trying hard To convince myself That things aren't what they seem But I'll be alright If I know tonight That I'll see you in my dreams I'll be alright And I'll see you in my dreams In my
Trick Bag is hosted and produced by yours truly, Neil Pelliger. Executive produced by Kirsten Cluthy and Adam Kaplan in partnership with EAC Productions. With audio production by Matt Dwyer. If you like what you just heard, please rate and review us and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Osiris. Oh,